Hi, this is Kelly Atkins and the podcast called Blossom with Kelly with the episode around Love Your Belly with Kelly. Ah, so this is like the fifth, uh, fifth one, I believe, that is about body love and in particular about loving, learning to love your body and to understand where the concept of your body image comes into how you show up for life and hopefully share some tools and some ideas or practices that can help you to bring more love into your body physically, right? Into your cells. So when I think about the belly and um, the body and the belly, the belly is probably one of the areas of the body that I hear most people, women in particular, complain about. It also happens to be our center for personal power. And when I say personal power, I don't mean like how big your muscles are. It's the part of our body where we, um, there's a lot of nerve plexuses right behind your belly button and how we digest life, how we take things in and let things go and how much energy we have has a lot to do with uh, the foods that we eat and the choices that we make around us and a lot of emotions that we go through in life and how well we digest or move through them. So it's a really important and powerful place to make gains and choices and to develop a sense of self-containment as well as knowing when to exert energy and all of that is a part of loving. I was thinking today how, you know, a lot of times we think of love as the mushy, mushy hug, you know, accept everything unconditionally but unconditional love to me has an even bigger purpose that in order for me to um, open my heart in a really wide way it doesn't mean leaving my body behind and ignoring any kind of boundaries that I need to make so that I have more energy to give if my health is at stake and I'm feeling fearful or if I'm doing a lot of self-judgment and looking outside of myself to find love, then I'm not really sharing unconditional love. I've bypassed um, patterns and behaviors that I've taken on early in my life and gone right over into spiritual love as a way to not deal with what's real and what has weight and what how I'm inhabiting my spirit in my body. So it's like a deeper level of truth and uh, just peeling back those layers of do I really love my belly? Do I have to shape it a certain way? Do I ignore it? You know, how well do I care for myself in real truth? So this is um, our area of digestion. I've had so much opportunity this last week to notice my digestion. <laughs> I've had a few um, problems that... Um, I have to be even more aware of what foods I eat and how well my body digests them. And um, I'm doing it from a place of love and also feeling where there's attachment or there's, you know, like I don't want to give up pizza. I like pizza. <laughs> but when I do it on a regular basis as a way to avoid the feelings um, and a way to make myself feel better versus just feeling the feeling and letting the choice come from a place of I'm nourishing myself versus I'm making a choice because of a feeling and I'm not really getting to the deepest truth. Then I know that um, there's more things, more work for me to do around loving my own body and loving my own belly. 
So um, that's what I was thinking about today to talk about this love your belly with Kelly that, you know, we're all humans and we're all in this lifetime together traveling through and how we look at our life experience and how well we use our energy and the choices we make, the more we share our stories and really get balanced in who we are as a, as a human being. I was also talking to a friend about ego development and how easy it is, like this sense of feeling attached to things and saying, oh, I can't change that about myself. That's who I am. Like that, like that attachment to our identity, you know, it's so important for us to recognize our authentic self. But a lot of times our identity isn't our authentic self. It's something that we've gripped on and on some level just decided that that's how I have decided that is me. And we become locked into it, almost like having a hairstyle that you never change or having a way of moving our body that never changes out of a pattern. We, we say, this is how I walk and there's no other possibilities. We've just gripped onto one possible way. So identities can be like that. You know, ideally in life, we don't hang on to any identity and we're always changing and um, our roles or the things that we do in life um, will change as well. And what we bring to those roles can be something different. We are fluid beings and just like our bodies and our bellies are always changing shape when we're resilient. We're letting go and taking on new and the muscles and the systems of the body are always being palpated and shifted and changed, giving birth and going back into being um, uh, a woman instead of just a mother. There's all different aspects of being um, a female, of being the age that you are can be a role that we play, whether we're old or young or how we identify ourselves. All of those thought forms become rigid constructs that we then fill in with what we think is who we are. But who we are is so much bigger. It's so much more. And when we let go of some of the tight holding of those thought constructs, we don't lose ourselves. We actually gain ourselves. We start to see that who we are has many possibilities. And it doesn't mean we diminish our strengths. Our strengths will always be there. Those have been there from the very beginning. Um, it just opens up more possibilities and more space for us to change shape and to allow ourselves to have more breathing room and more spaciousness in our power and our energy. So that's something that I've played a lot with, with how to ident identify myself as a teacher. When is it helpful for me to be in that identity? And when is it best for me to not be in it whatsoever um, and to let that go, like recognize there's Kelly being the teacher or let it go and just allow myself to um, not even be in a leadership role, even though others think I should be, or they're reaching for me to offer something um, that they think I should do for me to, to play with not providing it, um, can also be being a teacher without being uh, attached to the role of being the teacher. So we're all learning um, from each other in our choices to, um, be more in our truth with what our energy needs to do. Um, this is something I've been thinking about a lot in groups and communities is how does a group that has a leader, even like a political party that has a leader, how much power do we give that leader and how much do we need to make sure we stay in our own power 
and maybe even leadership could be more balanced in some circles and there's more organic um, shifting of different people leading at different times so that there's no dependency and it becomes more of a balanced system that naturally evolves and shifts regularly. So that would be kind of like digestion, you know, we need to keep shifting and changing um, how we metabolize things that come through us. We're not machines, we are dynamic creatures that are always going through different changes and shifts biochemically in our bodies. So that the same natural shifting and changing, um, ideally, I think in systems outside of us would provide more resiliency and uh, certainly complexity and it would require all of us growing as human beings to be more intuitive about when to step up and when to draw back so that we are all most healthy. It's also a lot like mothering. You know, if we, as a mother, the ways that we parent our children has to change as our children grow. And also um, for the children to be most empowered, so we're not powering over and dictating to our kids what we think, coming from our head instead of our bodies, what we think things should look like. If we come from our bodies and we're more in an organic um, energy connected way, we can empower our kids by not always providing the answers, by not always restricting our kids and telling them what they need to do or not do, maybe allowing them to experience it in their bodies and then affirming, yeah, that's exactly when you you know, step up on that rock, it's risky, you might fall, and if you fall, it hurts, and just affirming that, and letting the bruises and the bumps and the uncomfortableness um, happen so that we all develop a deeper level of experience versus trusting everything in our brains. Experience comes through the body. It's an embodiment of what we do in life. And then we can say this is exactly, we can find our I, we can find our sense of self and our truth in what happened to us when we talk about it and share the stories with another, feeling the resonance of recalling that experience that we had and finding the words that say it. So we, the truthfulness vibrates in the language that we choose and we start to recognize that it feels good, feels pleasurable to recall an experience and find the language that resonates with it um, most purely. So this level of attunement of our bodies, of our minds, and of being with each other in community is exactly what I see happening with a lots of shifting um, in my friends and in my circles around me. Lots of shifting in uh, pattern behaviors personally and within groups. And it's really kind of amazing to watch it. It's taken for me personally a real strength in letting go again and again and again, like everything, identities letting go, relationships letting go, not from a place of I need to be out of this, I'm better than this, or I'm not good enough or anything like that, really just from a soft, a softly held place of understanding that the space between us and the time that we are together, it needs to have movement. Everything around us moving, just like the breath, just like the systems in the body, to create health and vitality overall. And to me, that's where self-care comes in. In that space and time, the breathing room between all the different relationships, I learn to trust myself more and I trust the divine. I trust God more. It's in the solitude where that deeper trust and connection has shown itself to me in my experience. And um, 
And that has filled up my cup instead of it being another being or a particular food or a particular activity or the way someone presents something. It, it's opened up a lot more inner core connection and core strength through the belly than um, what I felt before. So I don't know, I guess this talk is more about how to develop that energetic core and that our love comes through the truth of this, not through the fluffy, I love my belly, even though I love my belly with Kelly, sounds fun and playful. Um, the truth and the core of our being comes through the harder work of challenges, of becoming stronger through challenges. And that's just, you have to keep pushing your edge of how much energy you have, what, um, you have to keep uh, going towards those things that are difficult. You have to keep finding within yourself, within yourself, how do I stimulate my own pleasure, my own joy, my own sense of um, continuously moving forward and also affirming when I step back and I say I've listened to my body, is that the truth? Is that the truth that I'm experiencing? We, we want to refine it so it's so easy to lie to the self. If we show up and just keep refining our capacity to self-regulate, then we become masters at how we handle our own energy. And we're not just guessing or using it as an excuse. It becomes something that is our core, our new integration of power. So that's all I have to share today. I hope this stimulates some kind of curiosity or interest, and I would love to hear how you receive it or how you love your belly and develop that core integration. I hope you're having a great day and we'll talk to you more soon. Bye.